Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock. Along with me is Kyle Davis. This is the off-the-cuff version of the podcast. As uh, it's been a pretty busy time around here, around the office, and uh, especially today, here Tuesday, we got a practice coming up, a short work week. We are in the midst of a pile of home games in a row here in the Toronto Rock office. So I think a couple of weeks ago, I might have said I've hit the wall today ran through the wall only to find another wall on the other side of the wall that I thought I hit and, and made it through. So uh, anyways, KD, how's your week going so far? <laughs> it's good. It's hectic. <laughs> it's hectic with the short turnaround and Saturday game right back into a big St. Paddy's day game this Friday, which will be fun. But uh, yeah, for, for lack of a better term, as we've kind of discussed, it's been a bit of a zoo in the office here. The animals are loose. <laughs> the cage doors have been unlocked, and they are running around is the only way to put it here, the way a Tuesday has gone down here at the Toronto Rock Athletic Center. Hey, it's good. Good to be busy, though, There's right? a lot like, of children here. Let's face it. It's the March yeah, break camp. we got camp. March break there camp going on. There is a ton of children running around, some older than others, unsupervised. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a week. It's been a week, so... We'll find out who listens to the podcast in the yeah. office, I think, pretty quickly. Here. And it's only Tuesday. So. And it is only Tuesday. Yeah, But the good news to get this thing back on the rails is that uh, the Toronto Rock got back of the win column on uh, Saturday night. A huge night. Colin Doyle retirement night. Before we get into that and the ceremony, let's talk about the game. 16-10. Uh, it was 5-1 at the half, and it was starting to look a lot like the game these two teams had played earlier on in the season with uh, a pretty low-scoring game throughout and then Calgary kind of making the game appear on the score sheet a little bit closer than it was back on February the 12th when Toronto beat Calgary 11-7. But this game, 5-1 at the half, and the Rock uh, really, you know, I, I don't think this game was ever in doubt. I think a lot of times in lacrosse, sometimes falsely, I will say, <clears throat> you know, you look at a game and say, oh, there's tons of time left. It's only six shots it's only four shots but sometimes I just think that maybe we paint that picture that oh anything can happen because once in a while it does but generally if a team is up by a pile of goals there's not a ton of flat out blown leads I mean games maybe get closer at times but not really close so to speak so um tons of stuff to talk about Brett Hickey huge game uh Tommy Shribes or Tom Schreiber. <laughs> Steph. Uh, four goals and soon to be four assists once the NL corrects their uh, scoring. We're not going to throw Pete Bowers under the bus here. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like I said, we're going to find out who listens to the webcast or the podcast Sorry, this uh, this week. So um, anybody's uh, performance in particular stand out to you, though, from Saturday? Yeah, for sure. Definitely, uh, well, like the two you mentioned, Hickey, uh, Hickey and Tribes. More so Shriver, to be honest. Uh, last couple of games, let, let's just say we talked on the podcast there that it's been a little tougher for him of late. Maybe, you know, teams keying in on, keying in on him a little more, a uh, little more familiar with him. He's not surprising anyone now. You know, Matty even said that a couple of weeks ago. For him to come back at a time where Toronto, you know, has looked a little shaky of late in terms of, you know, not picking up the wins or a couple tough losses. Uh, he came out and I thought, pretty much dominated you know getting early scoring some goals early he made a great pass to Hickey come across the middle took a nice hit and still got that over to him I thought it was a great rebound game for him and kind of you know obviously others stepped up too but similar to the rest of the year like as as he goes the rock seemed to go 
early at least here or the first half and I thought he uh, he brought it and, and had a good game and for Steph to drop you know a couple goals and put up the night he did points wise I thought was huge too you get you know three of them going like firing on all cylinders up front it's going to be pretty pretty tough to stop yeah I mean uh, you know it, it's also perhaps interesting to gauge the impact that Casey Behrens makes getting back in the lineup as well while he doesn't show up all over the score sheet um, you know, you put him back in the lineup and suddenly Brett Hickey has five goals and Tom Schreiber has four goals. And I don't want to say this is all because of some of the work that Casey Behrens does on that side of the floor. However, I think you can probably, you know, draw a couple of lines there to say that he does help those guys on that side of the floor. And then, like you said, on the other side, I mean, uh, you know, Steph LeBlanc, I think perhaps one of his better games this year, especially in terms of the production um, scoring the way he did. So, um, highlight of the night, though, I think the goal. I mean, Brett Hickey's dunk from behind the net. Um, we, or at least I, I guess I could say, I don't want to speak for Kyle, but earlier on uh, this season on the podcast, we did talk about, uh, you know, my feelings anyways about trying to get rid of the dunk, but that was one of the most genuine dunk goals I think I've ever seen. It, it wasn't, it, you know, it clearly caught the goaltender by surprise. There wasn't this huge, weird leap. You know, it, it was very natural looking. And I still don't really understand all the science of it and how he made it look so easy because Brett is a fairly, um, I think, average-sized player in this league in terms of height and probably wingspan. And he just, I don't know, he just made made it look very, very easy from where he was, and we haven't seen a lot of players do that. Yeah, no, it was, it was a beautiful goal to watch. I, I personally... You know, going back to our conversation, I maybe it's just because I was an offensive guy playing, but I I like the dunk goal. I think it, you know, it's not happening every game. Essentially, someone may try it, but uh, like when it does happen, you know, I can tell you all ten thousand plus in that arena, you know, we're on their feet or we're we're cheering, going going wild. It was a, it was a gorgeous goal and something you don't see every night. And I think from an entertainment value and you know, lacrosse is an entertaining, up, uh, upbeat, energetic game that uh, something like that brings everyone, you know, out of their seat, and it's it's a positive. Yeah. Um, we'll, uh, we'll try to keep the intro here to the show a little bit short here. we got a couple of good guests coming up. Matt Sawyer will be with us, obviously, head coach of the Toronto Rock. Jordan Magnuson, uh, rookie defender, and also uh, a housemate of a couple of other players on the team. We've had all the other housemates, housemates on so far. We haven't had him yet, so we're going to have uh, Jordan Magnuson uh, able to tell his side of the story, so to speak, here on the podcast this week. Um, but uh, all, all in all, a great win by the Toronto Rock, but I do want to dedicate some time to talking about the Colin Doyle ceremony, and uh, I think everybody uh, played their part very well in the ceremony. Everything went off uh, without a hitch. Uh, it was great to have Wendell Clark there involved in the in the ceremony and, uh, you know, kind of being on hand to essentially welcome Colin into that club of uh, players and pro athletes in this city that have had their number retired. Um, it always just blows me away. And I, and I did mention this even to Colin talking to him this week, but that it just blows me away to hear him speak sometimes. I think he's one of those guys that uh, just has an incredible knack for – capturing the spirit of the thing so to speak in terms of stealing a line from uh dickie dunn from Slapshot, but he always he always seems to have just the the perfect thing to say at the perfect time and his speech you know off the cuff no notes 
Um, I know I had a, a brief conversation with him during the week last week about what he was going to talk about, and um, you know he pretty pretty well stuck to a lot of that stuff. But I, I just thought he you know he had a home run there with his speech. I thought it was just awesome. Yeah, I thought it was great. I think uh, you know the fans loved it. I personally you know loved being on the floor to be a part of it. Uh, you know some of the players that would have played with him that had to give them you know hearing him speak had to give them a little bit of an emotional upbeat I guess before the game you saw guys like Brandon Miller Rosie Beeren so you know kind of give him a hug or handshake there on the floor um, but like you said he nailed his speech you know the, the crowd was into it numerous times he he had to stop as there there was a round of applause you know the crowd was loving it the video tribute was great everything uh, you know I, I guess I would expect in in something like that being my first time involved in a ceremony like that um I thought it uh I thought it was I give it an A like A plus for the grade if, if I had to grade it um it started off what was overall just a great night from start to finish yeah certainly something that uh I think people are going to remember for quite some time and just a uh like you say just such a great great night and honoring one of uh one of Toronto's all-time greatest greatest athletes I think um and especially perhaps the greatest athlete of this century um you know when you look back at Colin's career I don't know if there's anything in particular I, we did talk a little bit last week about you know my impressions anyways of just how how hard that he practices and and whatnot but I thought also something that was was great was in the video and Brad Waters actually said this at the press conference back in November when the Rock uh, and Colin officially announced his retirement but he did say, you know, Colin was a real trendsetter, a real groundbreaker for the sport of lacrosse and some of the things he did. And even you think back to his involvement with Rude Boys and, and kind of getting that off the ground way back and just being the face of the franchise, really, when the team was on TV and it was kind of a lot of people's probably first taste of the game of lacrosse in a lot of senses uh, across the entire country. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's funny you say that, like, I uh, I was speaking with a friend of mine back home and just telling him it's it's Colin Doyle night. He's not a he's just a sports guy, not a lacrosse guy. And he said, "Oh my God, my girlfriend loves Colin Doyle. She's never watched <laughs> like just happened to come to come to one game, uh, you know, a couple of years ago and just fell in love with Colin Doyle. And that's yeah. just the kind of you know the kind of audience he 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 can attract. Like he's just that special of a of an individual and of a player that you know this this lady individually just had no clue about lacrosse or whatnot and. Like I said, he uh, he captured her, and you know now she's a big fan of lacrosse and and the game, and he's just a, a professional is all I can think. Like just one word to describe him: a professional. Everything from on the floor. We we dissected this last week in that speech. You know, thanking the right people, saying the right things at the right time. It was just, uh, I mean, words don't, didn't really describe being on the floor for it. It was it was surreal. Obviously, uh, a great night for everybody across the Toronto sports scene, and uh, fantastic job by Colin and uh, all the uh, all the folks that helped put things together. So um, we will uh, we will move on here. We will take a short break, actually, and then uh, after the break, we will welcome into the studio the one and only head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer. Stay with us, folks. We'll be back in just a couple of months. Tonight we're going to flip and trip and let it all hang out tonight. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis, and we now have Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer with us in studio. Matty, now that the gum's gone, how are you doing? 
I'm good, Mike. That's good. That's good. Uh, less edgy this week after a win. Oh yeah, you usually enjoy your, your <laughs> yeah. week a little more after a win than a than a loss. But you know me, I'm never too edgy. <laughs> right. Uh, so a game that at the half was five one on Saturday night against Calgary. Um, did you think that this thing was going to play out almost exactly the way the, the first meeting between the two teams did? Or did you see that massive offensive explosion coming in the second half? Uh, yeah, it was nice, to, nice that it came. Um, you know, we, we felt good about what we were doing up front. And, and uh, um, I'm talking about the two or three games prior when, um, you know, we, we didn't put up the number we wanted, but we felt we were creating some uh, good scoring opportunities and we were getting a um, you know, a good number of shots, and we just felt it was a matter of time before uh, before we broke out. And you saw it there. Uh, um, you know, Steph. Uh, I think Steph walked out of there with three goals. Hickey had five, and Tom had four. It's just a matter of time before those guys have those kind of nights. They're they're real good players, and as long as they keep generating scoring chances and quality scoring chances, eventually they'll start falling. And that's kind of what uh, what happened against Calgary. I want to actually take a step back and rewind to, to pregame there and uh, just get your thoughts on, A, the, uh, the Colin Doyle ceremony, and B, do you approach that, you know, that maybe pregame speech differently to the fellas, knowing there is a bit of a ceremony? It's not just a, I guess, a normal routine, you know, situation, I guess, going into the game? Yeah, um, you know, first off, the ceremony, it, uh, you know, it was great to be, be able to be a part of it and, and be there and witness it and, um, you know, um, well deserving for Colin. We all know what he means to uh, to this team and the organization. And it was just a good night to see him there with his uh, with his family. And um, you know, we were happy that we were able to put on a on a show and and walk out of there with a win on on his big night. As far as approaching things differently, you know, of course we mentioned it to the boys. Um, you know, uh, it's something that uh, you shouldn't. I, I've said it before. You shouldn't need any help getting up for a game. But uh, how can you not uh, have a little extra motivation when you witness that? So. All around, it was a good night to walk out of there with a win and, and uh, to celebrate uh, Colin that way. Now, speaking of Colin, we've talked quite a bit on the podcast in the last couple weeks, really, some personal memories on and off the floor. And, you know, not necessarily looking for a memory, per se, unless you want to share one. But, um, you know, things I noticed always coming in here when I first started working for the team was just how hard he practiced, um, you know, and, and just his connection <clears throat> with kids stuff like that is there anything in particular that you know when somebody says you know what kind of person is Colin Doyle or what kind of player he was maybe is there anything in particular that just jumps to your mind and says hey I you know this is always something that stood out to me about <clears throat> about Colin whether it's on the floor or off the floor um, you know uh, other than being his personal uh, stick stringer which <laughs> I did a lot of that for uh, for Colin he's um you know, you talked about it. Uh, just uh, you know, he's great with kids. He's he's well spoken, and um, you know, he's just uh, he's someone who's fun to be around. As far as uh, being a player, you know, the two things that uh, jump out to me is a winner. Uh, wherever he's been, uh, NLL and or major series in the summer, you know, he's got a, a resume second to none. And he, Jamie mentioned it uh, there, um, I guess in, in his speech when he was talking about Colin. But he's uh, a clutch goal scorer. He just had a knack for coming up with the big play at the right time and uh, <clears throat> for me one of the uh, you know the best goal scorers ever in the NLL. Now fast forwarding to uh, to the week ahead here you got a Colorado Mammoth team coming in that be the first time seeing them this year you don't see them too often really 
you know, dating back last year, they didn't come into Toronto. Uh, how do you uh, approach Colorado not seeing them too often? And what's your thoughts on uh, what you're going to expect on Friday night? Well, they're, um, you know, they're, they're going to be a, a good challenge for us. Uh, got a lot of respect for Colorado and, and uh, the job of their coaching staff led by uh, Pat Coyle. Um, the job that they're doing and, and uh, you know, they're playing well. and Got a good goaltender in, in Dylan Ward there behind them and, and they're strong and just in all areas. So, uh, again, we'll have our hands full. Um, you know, you're right, they're a team that we're not overly familiar with, but so far we've had a pretty good uh, run against the uh, teams in the West and, and we're hoping that that'll continue. But uh, excited about it because they're definitely, um, you know, one of the top teams in the league and, and you always want to test yourselves. Now you were uh, <coughs> you coached Dylan Ward in junior. Uh, any advantage whatsoever going into a game playing against a guy that uh, that you know pretty well in the cage? Uh, to be honest, no. Um, you know he's uh, he, he's a good goalie, and uh, you don't need need to hear me say that. His um, you know the work that he's done the last couple of years is uh, kind of speaks for itself. And um, you know they got a few guys on that team that I've coached, and that just seems to be the way it is in the in the NLL. Anytime you're uh, competing against a friend or an ex teammate, um, you know you want to. Uh, want to come out on the right side of things so um you know we'll have our hands full now uh going back a little bit again to the calgary game um tom schreiber we saw him um <clears throat> i don't want to say necessarily struggle but didn't have a ton of results uh, the week before um four goals in this game did you notice anything in particular different about his game that is are you noticing him i guess adjusting a little bit more week to week with what's being thrown at him yeah well i think tom's always making adjustments um you know he's a he's a smart player and um when he doesn't have success he's always looking for a way to to improve and, and to get better um you know i think his night was a, a bit of a product and he was a big part of it but a product of uh, of overall our our offense uh um, you know, we've talked about it before, an offense by committee, and, and uh, we were good, real good in a lot of areas. He's, uh, he's a big part of our offense, and, and um, it's good to see him have that success. But you, you talk about maybe he struggled in the, the previous weeks, but, um, you know, he's still creating a lot of chances. And, um, you know, that, you, you get concerned from an offensive standpoint when you're not generating those chances. Um, you know, Tom and a lot, of, a lot of our guys have been generating them, just didn't get the, uh, the results we wanted. So... It's it's nice to see them get rewarded for that, and and you hope it uh, you hope it continues, and I'm sure it's a um, good confidence booster for him after having a couple of uh, I guess down games on uh, statistically. Now, when you look at uh, the lineup, you know Casey Bierens pops back in this week, and while he doesn't have a big night on the score sheet, the two other guys on his side of the floor have very big nights. Uh, maybe talk about just the impact that he has being back in the lineup that maybe doesn't show up on the score sheet. Yeah, um, you know, and that's part of any successful offense. You can throw Phil Caputo and uh, Reed Reinhold into that category as well. They just, you know, you're always tr uh, striving to have seven guys working together, five of them at a time when, when they're out there. And Casey's just a real smart player, and um, he does a lot of little things uh, that maybe uh, don't go get noticed uh, by the casual fan. But his, um, you know, his lacrosse IQ is real high, and... Uh, you know he's a veteran presence, and uh, we're real excited to have him have him back in there. And, and he's somebody who creates opportunities for his teammates, and, and you saw that uh, on Saturday night. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you, Maddie, we uh, Hammer and I kind of discussed this last week, and you mentioned a couple friends or ex, you know, players you coached coming into town. We were kind of discussing the Toronto effect of this Ontario area being a hub of great lacrosse players, and a lot of players in the league come from Ontario, essentially 
you know, get have this game marked on their calendar when they come into town. They're they're hyped up. Essentially, like Hammer compared it to going to Montreal, the Bell Center at the guard or the Bell Center for hockey. Um, do you think that is a a even a thing that teams get more you know excited to come into this game and maybe bring make sure they bring their best foot forward that night, knowing there could be a lot of friends and family there. Um, you know, for sure. Uh, there's, um, you know, there's no doubt about it that uh, there's a, a good percentage of the players that are in this league come from, uh, I guess, the southern Ontario area. And anytime they come to town, um, you know, they want to put on a show that can work, uh, can work two ways, really. Um, you know, sometimes it can work to your advantage that they may be trying to, uh, to do too much or, or have a lot on their plate that week, uh, taking care of uh, things for family and, and whatnot who might be at the game. But, uh, um, you know, and having coached in the league with uh, with teams uh, uh, other than Toronto, uh, it was the same thing when when you came here. You always got excited for the game, and and um, you know a lot of those guys don't get an opportunity to play in front of their family and uh, and friends, and no doubt about it, I'm sure it's a, a boost for them. It's just uh, something we, that we have to deal with, but you wouldn't want it any other way. You know, you want uh, um, you want that atmosphere, and and um, you know you want that challenge. Now, just to wrap up here, uh, something that uh, Kyle and I are going to uh, chat about in the uh, wrap-up of the show here. but um, By yourself? <clears throat> by ourselves, yeah. yeah. Um, but this league got really tight really quick, I feel like, over the weekend. And I know we always talk about it's a one- or a two-goal league all the time. Um, but, you know, how do you week-to-week manage the highs and lows? Because... You know, working in the office here, we see it all the time. You know, you win a game, boom, everybody's bouncing around. It's the greatest thing. You lose one, and it almost feels like sometimes you've lost three or four in a row when you've really only lost one game. And it's, you know, the zero to hero thing all the time. But, like, you know, how how do you manage that as the season goes on? Because right now, I mean, the league is crazy tight right now, you know, and, and it could get even tighter, obviously, after this weekend. Yeah, um, you're right, and this will be a, a boring answer, but you, you, <laughs> you, you just, um, you know, if you're trying to uh, um, figure that all out, um, it's just kind of a wasted energy. Uh, you just need to have to worry about yourselves and, and your game from week to week, and, and um, you know, so, so you need to make sure that you're, you're performing at the top of your abilities with your team each and every week to give yourself an opportunity. As far as the, the wins and losses go, you... Uh, again, you try to uh, not to get too high or not to get too low. But w- one thing I do know is you need to enjoy the wins because, um, you know, there's a saying that uh, you don't enjoy the wins as much as uh, as the losses eat you up. And uh, it's never a fun week uh, when you don't win. Um, so when you do have some success, uh, enjoy it and uh, and realize, too, uh, um, you know, when you're not successful, that it's uh, it's not at the end of the world, and that's uh, it's not the end of the world. That's not to downplay it, um, but that's uh, the reality. And it's uh, a long year if uh, you're up and down like a yo-yo. So you just need to be uh, consistent with your emotions and with your effort, and you try to pass that on to the team. And we got a good, uh, good group that way. And um, you know, we realize where we are, and and we haven't accomplished anything. And and um, you know, uh, to this point, we've just put ourselves in a good position to. Uh, um, you know, as far as the record goes right now, but like you said, that can uh, that can change overnight, and um, you know that's the excitement of the league too, just uh, how tight it is, and and it just makes every uh, every game that important. All right, that was a good answer. It wasn't a boring answer. I try. All right, <laughs> all right, Maddie. Well, uh, we'll let you get ready for practice here tonight. Uh, thanks a lot for stopping by and uh, sharing some thoughts with us on the podcast here. Thanks, boys. All right, that was Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. We will take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access.
Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis here in the boardroom at the Toronto Rock Athletic Centre bringing you everything you need to know about the Toronto Rock. We're now joined in the studio by rookie defender Jordan Magnuson. Uh, Jordan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about you guys? Not too bad. Uh, obviously, this has been uh, a little bit of a, well, maybe you can tell us yourself if it's been a bit of a culture shock, but coming from the west to the east, uh, how has it been for you personally uh, making the move and uh, living here in the Oakville area? I was expecting a lot worse, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's, been a, it's been a pretty pretty decent winter so far, and yeah. apparently out, uh, out west they're having it a lot worse than we are back here, so um, yeah. I'm counting my lucky stars. Now, we've had... Uh, I think all of your roommates on now, right? I think we've yeah, yeah. So everybody's had their chance to throw each other under the bus. And not necessarily that you need to do the same per se, but you're fueling um, fire. Well, exactly. We just want to hear kind of. We've been getting everybody's perspective. I think Rosie's kind of said that he's the dad of the house, and I know. I think on Twitter, even <laughs> Rosie was going quite deep into the uh, the Nerf gun fight that was going on before the game last. Uh, well, I guess last Friday night before Saturday's game. So. Were you heavily involved in the Nerf gun fight? Like, what what was all going down with that? They're they're going to be talking about that battle for years to come. That's that's for sure. It's epic. It was uh, it was absolute carnage, as yeah. Fryer would say. <laughs> um, but it was it was wild. And as far as I'm aware, it's a tradition now because we won against Calgary, so we gotta we gotta keep it going. So Thursday night, I'm uh, I'm expecting round two with so who, who, with cousin Reed and uh, <laughs> and and our youngest Latrell. <laughs> What what inspired like who went out? Were you guys just out doing nothing one day at Walmart or something? I, or like, hey, I wish I had an answer for you. Um, the boys were were hanging out at the track during the day, and they stopped off to grab some dinner. And Rosie was looking for some hockey pads for for here because we we kind of screwed up the ones that we took home <laughs> from here. So we we owed yeah. up we owed a new, the track a new pair uh, of goalie pads and. Yeah. When you enter the toy section, I guess you open yourself up to possibilities. And I come home and I'm sitting on the couch downstairs and I hear the door open and I'm just sitting watching TV. And then all of a sudden I see Challen poke down the stairs with a Nerf gun pointed directly yeah. at me <laughs> and he fires. And from there we ended up calling Reed who was ending, um, who was staying the night Yeah, and he was on his way and we're like, Reed, we need two nerf guns from you so you gotta you're gonna have to stop off at walmart because uh they picked up two on their way home yeah. the boys did and we decided we needed two more so by the end of the night we had four four nerf guns going and uh, a couple a couple 2v2 battles <laughs> it was it was wild so who's your who's your teammate in this me and reed went five and oh really <laughs> Unde- so you guys are the champs undisputed hey? champs <laughs> waiting for someone to come and try and grab our belt <laughs> Wow. So yeah. who are the other? So is it Cree and Chal? Cree, Chal, and La, and Latrell. Um, we're we're rotating through oh, the okay. winter, winter stay kind of King's Court <laughs> nice. um, tournament. <laughs> oh, we got we got it dialed in. That's good. That's good. That's good to hear. You guys are bonding like that. No, in terms of the day to day life, Rosie said he's kind of taking care of things and he's bringing everybody else along, trying to. Stay clean at the house and keep up on the, uh, I guess, the regular chores, so to speak. Is that is that true? I mean, those tweets don't exactly help our case, <laughs> but um, <laughs> if you want to put a label on it, yeah. I guess you could call Nick the dad of the house. Yeah. But I think Chal kind of hit the nail on the head when it was kind of like Cree, myself, and Chal, and we're, we're kind of 
the the children i guess yeah. and we we do most of our shopping and stuff like that together and so yeah i guess if you want yeah. if you if you're going to put a label on it rosie would uh, would be the father of right. of the three of us so bringing her back to the lacrosse side just a little <laughs> bit here. Sorry, like, all right. No, no problem. <laughs> just, uh, you know, you, you spoke about, like, the transition over from, you know, off the floor and, and at the house and, you know, where you are now with, with your Nerf, fun, nerf fight. <laughs> like, and that's a, that's a big, big transition. But how, how's it felt on the floor for you so far, uh, you know, being a rookie in the league? Uh, not that you show that by any means. We've we've talked about it in here. We think you you've had a great you know start to your your career, and just wanted to get your opinion on you know the jump from you know playing junior now playing up here. Uh, what that what that's been for you, and uh, and kind of what your experience is so far. The jump is big, but the guys around me have made it really easy. Like from the first day I walked in this in this dressing room, the first day I went to to the rock pile and met all the guys and. It's it's been it's been seamless. Um, the the team that we that we've got here has become pretty close pretty quickly, and especially living with the guys that I live with, I kind of get to touch on all bases, and it's like like I said, it's been it's been pretty easy. Um, but like the from a from a lacrosse standpoint, the like I said, the jump is massive. Um, you're playing against men now. It's not you're not you're not messing around. So I played I played one game a senior when I was back home um, with the senior Adnax, and I thought that was big. And then coming into camp here, it's 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 the real deal, and um, I've been I've been having a blast with it. So it's it's been it's been an honor to get this opportunity because I know coming in as a rookie in this league, it's it's not easy to to get this kind of chance, and it doesn't happen often. So I'm trying to trying to make the most of it. And would you say uh, coming in with you know overall fairly young team, a lot of guys around the same age? You look at yourself, Chow, and you know Latrell's 18 couple young guys up front do you find that easier to you know to walk into an environment like that opposed to say you know a bunch of veterans don't get me wrong you got Brody Merrill you got Steph Casey Behrens guys that have been around but uh, more people you can kind of lean on in your same age area I guess and go through this all together with absolutely it's uh it kind of brings in the mentality why not me like if if these guys are doing it and why why can't I do it so um I got the opportunity to jump into line line up early and uh, I feel like I've I've taken that chance and kind of run with it. So um, it's I've, I'm I'm hoping it's it's my spot to lose now, and uh, I'm I'm doing everything I can to to make it difficult on the coaches, which is what they look for. So and to go back to the training camp stuff, I mean, you know, coming into this uh, this December as a third round draft pick, you know, you look around at the third round, not a lot of guys stick usually. Yeah. I mean, if there are one or two, it, it sometimes is rare. And if they stick beyond a season, sometimes it's pretty rare, too, because a lot of teams, I think, will put guys on practice rosters, give them a bit of a shot. But a lot of times there's a guy coming in who was taken in the first or second round the next year that bumps him out of that uh, situation. But what were your expectations coming in, knowing uh, the investment that the team made in you as a third-round pick? They weren't high, that's for sure. Um, I I. I don't want to say gave up a lot to come out here, but uh, I kind of, as soon as the draft happened and I saw the way it went, uh, it was it was never a second thought about whether I was going to come out or not or even bother. Like, as soon as I heard my name get called, I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to Toronto. And so I came out here with not many expectations, but I th- I, I think that kind of worked in my favor because I I really had nothing to lose. So my conversations with Jamie and and, uh, and Josh Sanderson before I came out here were good, and they were excited, and they told me there's a lot of, there's a lot of space open. There were a lot of injuries. There's a lot of young guys, and and if you're gonna have a chance in this league, this is a good spot to start. 
and they gave me my opportunity and I'm forever thankful for that because it's it, it's turned into what it it has been so far this year so I'm uh, I'm excited to see what uh, what the future has. Now did your success this summer with the Minto Cup and and everything that you experienced there with Coquitlam did that kind of help you, give you a little bit of a boost this summer, knowing, you know, hey, you know, you've just kind of accomplished, well, not kind of, you've absolutely <laughs> accomplished the, you know, the biggest goal in junior lacrosse in, in, you know, in Canada, in kind of the world when you think <laughs> about it. You're playing in, you know, at the, the highest level of junior lacrosse in the world. It's the best, uh, you know, between BC and Ontario, the two best leagues really in, again, we say the world feeding the best league in the world. You know, mm -hmm. you, you start to kind of, draw the map out there and you realize well you know you, you accomplished something pretty big there this summer yeah it definitely didn't hurt didn't hurt my chances um for myself I feel like I've always kind of been a player that that flies under the radar which I've listened to the podcast before and you guys have talked about it's not exactly the worst thing in the world as a defender mm -hmm. um so you've got a podcast man <laughs> that's, eh? I mean. that's one one we've accounted <laughs> for one of the plays <laughs> my mom always sends me the clips yeah. of uh oh they were talking about you yeah. at uh, at 11 11 minutes here oh, so you should perfect. you should, you should right. give it a listen <laughs> yeah. so uh but um yeah so um it's not exactly the worst thing in the world to kind of fly under the radar and um i think winning the minto and um having that kind of notch on my belt definitely put my name out there a little bit and open open some eyes and um, I got some more calls at the at the draft than I would expect, and now I'm here. <laughs> now I know at the senior level, this is maybe a little bit off topic here, but at the senior level, a lot of guys in Ontario talk about it's tougher to win the Man Cup out west, and kind of vice versa. Um, you played in the Minto Cup in Six Nations, then, okay. right? So. Yeah. Um, would you say that that holds true as well at the junior A level? That it was—I don't want to say easier because you guys <laughs> did go to the, you know, the the absolute distance this yeah. summer to to win it. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, was it uh, an easier time being at home and a little bit closer to home, doing it all in BC rather than in Six Nations the year before? I mean, out west, the the kind of trend recently has been games are played at Langley Event Center. So as much as we have home home court, it's not exactly uh, a home court feel because that's a it's in a it's in a way stadium or uh, mm -hmm. arena for us. So mm -hmm. it's nice it's nice to be out west and know that your family can come out and support you and, and that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't say it's any easier um, because playing in playing in Six Nations was an absolute battle, but playing against Orangeville definitely wasn't any easier. So play wise. I th I'd say it's it's pretty much even, but playing in Six Nations was it it was insane, <laughs> to to say the least. So, but now going through this, the two different formats of the tournament, uh, <laughs> your choice here, tournament or best of seven? Well, I played in one tournament and I won, and I've <laughs> been a part okay. of two best of sevens yeah. and I'm on two. So, yeah. in my experience, I'll say tournament, yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know like it's either either way it's not going to be easy like in the tournament we played nine games in 11 days yeah like that's insanity for yeah. for the caliber of lacrosse that we're playing so um again i don't think there's i don't think there's one that's better than the other um and it, it really depends depends on the team that you've got on how you're gonna succeed in in those situations so yeah. Um, we we had a tough tough time in seven game series when uh, when I was a first and first and second year junior and 
um, when it came into the to the round robin and tournament play, we just we seemed to excel. So um, I'd say for through my experiences, it would, I'd, I'd say tournament for sure. Yeah. And just to continue on uh, that path there, so your goaltender, uh, obviously <laughs> Christian Del Bianco there, who you yeah. would have been fairly tight with last year, and yeah. you know happy with his performance. And then now this year to flip it, he's got in both games that uh, that mm-hmm. the Toronto Rocket played Calgary. Are you? You know, happy to see him in there in the sense that you, you know, maybe know where some weaknesses are that you can tell some guys on the bench that, hey, you know, maybe he's not as good here or this is where he is good at. Or how did you approach that? Or you just let, let it like uh, any other goalie, you know, let the offense be the offense? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go up there and start telling Brett Hickey and, and Steph LeBlanc how to shoot, but. <laughs> um, they, I mean, they're, they're pretty good at, at their job. So um, I kind of let them do their thing, but I definitely don't hate to see Christian get some minutes. Um, I know how good he is. I know, I know what he's capable of. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm more excited than anything to, to be, see him getting some minutes um, out in Calgary because I, I know what he's capable of and I know, I know what kind of goalie he will be in this league moving forward. So I'd, excited would be, would be my answer for that because he's, he's, he's a good kid and um, good teammate. So and now, would you re- reach out to them, him though, and give it to him that they're you two and overs him this year, <laughs> a little bit? Like, I mean, I, you're both first year in the league. It's yeah. something I wouldn't. I would. I'm not going to rub it in his face. He he knows. He doesn't need me yeah. to tell him. I'm not that kind of guy. And um, yeah. So I wouldn't wouldn't exactly go that path. I feel like he just kind of did. <laughs> I'm not going to reach out. Yeah. He, he knows. Delves, if you're listening, buddy, I'm sorry. Now, he he's going to send him the podcast clip. <laughs> yeah. Just like his mother you does. You might want to listen around here. <laughs> yeah. This is when I throw the dagger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jordan, thanks a lot for stopping by and spending a few minutes with us. We'll definitely do this uh, again this season when you're around here and a convenient guest here on the podcast here on a Tuesday night. So uh, great chatting. Best of luck. And uh, of course, Rock fans, you can look forward to seeing a lot more of uh, Jordan Magnuson on the floor this year. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. All right, we'll take a short break here on the pod, and then we will we will be back momentarily to wrap up another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. Stay with us. Like the legend of the phoenix Ends where beginnings What keeps the planet spinning Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock with Kyle Davis here to wrap up the show. We've got a big game coming up, of course, Friday night. St. Patrick's Day, Colorado Mammoth, Toronto Rock. Uh, ticket package-wise, I think the St. Patrick's Day pack with the T-shirt is almost sold out. It may even be sold out by the time this hits the airwaves. It, uh, Yeah, it's been going going real well, actually. I know there's been a buzz in the office uh, about this pack. A lot of people wanting in on the... Lower bowl ticket, T-shirt, and a pint uh, package there, all for a, a low forty-five dollars. Can't go wrong with that. Um, but they are moving quick. I know we did put another order in for some T-shirts, but uh, you know you can still get the pack uh, after as well. It just obviously won't include the T-shirt, but even still, a, a ticket and a, and a pint at, at forty-five dollars is still a steal. And yeah. uh, if you're looking to get down to the game and you know watch some good lacrosse before. Heading out to uh, to celebrate your Irish, uh, come on down, <laughs> give us a show. Or not to, Irish, just having a good just, time. Or just you know yeah. celebrating your whatever you want to call it, your yeah. St. Patrick's Day there, and don't hesitate to to visit TorontoRock.com, throw in a an order for a t- for one of these St. Patrick's Day packs, or calling us uh, at our office directly at four one six 
596-3075. It's going to be uh, should be a great game with a team that we don't get eyes on too often, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Post-game party at Jack's. Post-game party at Jack's where you can continue. You can continue your St. Patrick's Day festivities. Exactly. Yep. Are you going to be hitting the post-game this week? I don't know. It's not. I don't know. Up if in the in air? Car- up in the air. It's a 50-50. You don't know if it's in the cards. Why? So what, what else you got going coin. on? I, I'm not going to lie. I have nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> Just on a Tuesday, I'm more of a, you know, wake up, we'll see what tomorrow brings kind of guy. Wow. So for me to, uh, you know, have set plans for a Friday three days out other than the Rock game, that's uh, that'd be rare. So you're last minute guy? Last a minute bit. guy. A little bit, yeah. Maybe Thursday night guy. Like last minute I'm going to book a trip to... Somewhere, guy. Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of guy I am. Always, right? Spontaneous that's good. guy, yeah. That's not bad. Maybe Florida. Florida. March yeah. break. I hear it's a great time to be down there. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it would be. I'm sure it would be on a beach, especially with the weather we have here. It's a beautiful time of year. Beautiful. Well, we got people checking out of the office here now. It's, uh, as we're recording this, near the end of the workday or right before practice, as we like to say, but... Um, anyways, that's irrelevant to what we're talking about here in the Friday game between uh, the Toronto Rock and the Colorado Mammoth. Uh, we talked with Matt Sawyer moments ago just about how tight this league has become so quickly. And it is true. I mean, Colorado came into last weekend 6-4. and four. They leave the weekend at 6-6. Six and six. And off air, we did actually talk to Matty Sawyer a little bit about how important really it is to put a win in the bank here because uh, – there is a heavy, heavy portion of the schedule coming up for the Toronto Rock where they will play a Friday-Saturday game, the 24th and the 25th, 24th on the road against the Georgia Swarm, 25th back at home against Vancouver, and then the following weekend in Vancouver on the Friday, in New England on the Sunday. So you've got four games over a, a span of nine eight, nine days yeah. type thing. So um, – we saw how quickly things can turn for the Colorado Mammoth. They're sitting there going into last weekend, probably feeling pretty good about themselves at six and four. Now they're five hundred, three and three at home, three and three on the road. They've lost twice to Saskatchewan by a goal, once in overtime. Um, I'm sure they're coming in here extra hungry. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about a one or two goal league all the time here. I mean, Colorado, a very good example of that. Um, you know, the Rock of you know, admittedly left some wins on the table here, a couple of overtime losses, another one-goal loss. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what to expect from this game on Friday night. Um, I don't think predicting games in this league at the best of times is very easy. Um, we will, or I will anyways, predict a Toronto win. <laughs> However, uh, last week I wasn't really too good in my prediction. I think I was, uh, what did I say, 15-13? Or did you say 15-13? We're close. We were fairly close there. Got to look back in the old notes here. 15-13. You had 13-10. I had 15-13. So I was three shy there. Yeah. So you were a little bit better last week on the old prediction. Okay, so in light of that, uh, I'm going to go first. (laughs) So I'm going to say... Whew. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Are we going to have a high-scoring game? No. We got we got the Dylan Ward versus Nick Rose showdown, two former teammates. We got Matt Sawyer, who has coached both of those gentlemen. They have both won Matt Sawyer a Minto Cup. None of this has anything to do with the result of the game. So I'm going to go Toronto 13, Colorado 9, 13-9. 
Wow. I uh, honestly, I was just thinking that in my head. Not that exact same score. Liar. But no, Liar. Not, not that. <laughs> I did. I don't want anything to do with that now. All right. All right. Uh, at all. But uh, I was going to go very similar in, in terms of 12-8. 12-8. 12-8. I, all uh, right. Yeah, I don't know what to expect really either, though. I, do I feel th- like you just kind of sewered me on my gut. It's four goal difference. And you four just kind of went like one. Yeah, it's kind of like Price is Right there. Yeah, just slightly like, gutless. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we can, we can 12 back 8. All right. Next, uh, next Tuesday there. But uh, a couple things to, I mean, that gonna, I'm looking forward to watching is one, you know, Callum Crawford is, seems to be the, the straw that stirs the drink over there offensively. I think that'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, he's a he's a bigger body in terms of height. Um, you know, Toronto how Toronto's solid defense can can match up against him in terms of shutting him down. Another guy we talked about, I know, previously on this show is Stephen Keel, and when Rochester came to Toronto, really kind of his home homecoming. I know we've talked about him put, putting up some big nights in the past in this building, and so I'm sure he'll be extra motivated. And even just the whole Colorado team after coming off uh, you know two losses, you'd think they got to be. Uh, be really hungry to get back at it here and and we've talked about you know coming to toronto how many guys are from the area i'm i'm expecting it to be a fun game and i'm looking forward to you know seeing seeing it not a new team but like we're very familiar with buffalo rochester teams in the division so i'm looking forward to uh you know mixing it up a bit and uh checking out what's going to be another great game friday night at the arcana center all right um we also need to give uh a little bit of a shout out here a new friend of the show that we found out from the jordan magnuson interview yes. jordan magnuson's mom that is no for sure that's huge and it's people like that that are really driving this show right, <laughs> right. exactly so big like, time the backbone and uh we, we can also give out um a shout out to one of our office mates here staff mate we'll call them colleague is probably the best way to put it michelle uh, chase on who is super excited that we're now available on itunes so she's been talking about how great it's been to be able to just uh, dial up the podcast on iTunes and uh, well, she's an actual she listens. Yeah, dial it in on the wow. uh, on the car when she's touring around uh, doing her thing here around uh, the area. So that's awesome. Shout out to Michelle, friend of the show and <laughs> <Yeah>. colleague, <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe just a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta say that. Um, yeah, so uh, we're we're enjoying that the the listener base is growing across the country. Yeah, we're countrywide here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're extending as far as British Columbia. It's as far as you can go. Can't go any further. It's no. huge. Um, so, yeah, that'll just about wrap up the show, I think. Uh, we, we should mention short-term, long-term trade is on March break, spring yeah. break, down in Florida. They, short-term, they long-term trade, took a break, and even though, you know, hey, let's take a week off. Just didn't want anything to do with us this week. It's been working hard, and it's been a great segment, and uh, it's done a lot of good things for us, and mutually so. Like it, we owe it a lot as well. Yeah. Right? But, uh, yeah, it needed a breather, so we'll uh, reconvene with that next week. It kind of feels like we've been on March break a little bit here during the <laughs> yeah, show today. <laughs> it's not even a Friday, but no. it's been mailed in here. Yeah, we've been maybe off the rails a little bit here. But, anyways, it's been a good podcast, and uh, thanks to everybody for dialing us in uh remember uh, listen to us on soundcloud or of course uh you know torontorock.com you can find us there and of course now on itunes as well just uh search toronto rock total access and you'll find us so 
Uh, that'll about wrap up the show. A reminder to grab your tickets now in time for Friday night's game. And we should also mention that there are always great seats available on game day at the ACC box office right up until game time. So if you are a last-minute guy like KD, yep. you can decide to go to the game at the last minute. You'll be fine. Join us at the post-game party. Uh, Jack Astor's St. Lawrence Market. Meet the players, cheerleaders. The Rock Roadies are there. It's a great time. It's going to be St. Patrick's Day. This is a uh, great Friday night to make it out into the city. Hopefully it'll be a little bit warmer. should be a little less snow, I'm guessing, probably by the time Friday rolls around as well. So that will about wrap up Toronto Rock Total Access. For Kyle Davis, I'm Mike Hancock saying in the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another edition of the podcast is over and done with. We will chat next week. Stop the rock, can't stop the rock, can't stop the rock, can't stop the rock.